Open Field Radio. Like, subscribe, share, and review wherever podcasts are found. Open Field Radio. Cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Where ag and life collide. Brought to you by Gow. Janice Stillman, Old Farmer's Almanac. This is Americana. We talk it all right now. Hello, America, and a growing audience around the world. Welcome to Open Field Radio, raising the hip factor in agriculture. That is what we're doing. One episode at a time, one listener at a time, and it's great. Fantastically curious show today. Janice Stillman, editor for the Old Farmer's Almanac, is our guest. And first of all, it took me a long time to find her, and I didn't know who I was looking for when I started. But you know what? We connected and had a very nice conversation. But you know what? This is Americana to the bone, and American to the bone. Of course, the Old Farmer's Almanac. I think we've all seen it or held it or read it or somebody in your family has. That's for darn sure. But did you know it's the oldest continually published publication in America? They started it a long time ago, and we'll talk about that, and they have never, ever stopped. Never missed an issue. Pretty amazing. And amazing information and things, and again, very curious. The Almanac is just a curious place to be, and it's a lot of fun, and Janice does a great job of telling us all about it, front to back, stem to stern, and she's lovely. We had a great time. Today's episode is the final episode of season two. Can you believe it? We've made it through two entire seasons of Open Field Radio. And thank you to all of you, the listeners, who have made this thing a screaming success. And we continue on into season three in a couple of weeks. And the guests line up, well, you're just going to have to wait and see. There's some cool ones out there and some cool ones we're working on. Needless to say, we're very proud of season two and we're super excited for season three. So get ready. Also, please don't forget about openfieldradio.com. And did you know there's a feature on there? There's a chat feature on there or a message feature. I don't think it's a chat feature, but it is a message feature. And it goes directly to me. So if you go to the site there, go all the way to the bottom. I think there's a little box that says message or something. Just click on it and send me a message. Just let me know you're listening. I get emails often, but not necessarily messages. So let's use that feature. And that's very, very, very cool. Reach out. I'll reach back. I promise you I will. Well, this is going to be fun. Get ready for it. Janice Stillman and the Old Farmer's Almanac. We'll hear all about it in plus or minus 90 seconds. Open Field Radio. I don't know about you, but it seems like everywhere I turn right now, there's something about jobs and the abundance of jobs available out there. Well, here's one to throw in the mix. Skip the job. How about a career at Gowan? Maybe you're in agriculture. Maybe you're in science. Maybe you're none of that. Check it out at gowanco.com slash careers. Great opportunities available, and they're all cool. Careers right here in America and around the world. Come see it for yourself. That's gowanco.com slash careers. And tell them you heard it on Open Field Radio. Raising the hip factor in agriculture. Yeah. Open Field Radio. I feel like the more shows we do, the more we get to know each other. You know what I mean? I know you. You know me. Oh, look, we're just regular people, right? I mow my yard. You mow your yard. Regular stuff. And when it comes to promoting open field radio, I need regular people to tell other regular people this show is happening. So tell somebody. Knock on somebody's door. Call them up. Send them a text, whatever. And tell them you're listening to open field radio. And by golly, they should be too. It'll be awesome. I promise. Because that's what friends do at open field radio. Open Field Radio Season 2, Episode 24 with Janice Stillman and the Old Farmer's Almanac starts right now. I love, uh, is it a slogan, a tagline? It says, useful with a pleasant degree of humor. 
Exactly right. That was the founder, Robert B. Thomas, who's pictured on the cover, by the way. There are two people pictured on the cover, Robert B. Thomas and also Benjamin Franklin. But it was uh, Franklin and he were not contemporaries. Franklin produced, of course, poor Richard's Almanac. So we honor him on the cover. But it was Robert B. Thomas in 1792 decided that having grown up with the almanacs of his day and found them to be one way or another inadequate, maybe, you know, inaccurate or insufficient in some fashion and loving astronomy himself, he decided to create his own almanac and he would make it useful with a pleasant degree of humor in no small way, because back in those days, and again, remember, this is dirt roads, traveling by horseback or buggy, growing your own food, keeping your own animals, very self-sufficient environment, very few newspapers. The entertainment of the day invariably was the Bible or an almanac, a farmer's almanac. So Robert B. Thomas, having read them, as I say, in his day, decided he would make something that was occasionally amusing as well as informative. So useful with a pleasant degree of humor became his slogan. And I have to say, having helmed this publication for almost 22 years, it's genius. People smile and you give them some useful information. It's it's a great package. Well, and I think it it, it allows for some lateral movement in the information, if you know what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, we're, we're, we believe or we do or we whatever. And maybe not. I don't know. But I think it allows for the entertainment value of it to shine. And then the other side of it to shine just as well. 1792, this was started. Exactly right. The first edition was 1793 because, of course, it takes about a year to put one together. Now, it's important to remember, too, that almanacs are actually calendars of the heavens. They predict, first and foremost, all the astronomical events in the sky for the year. So that's the rise and set of the sun, which gives you the length of day, the moon's place, which is important in folklore and a number of other things. These days, the tide times, high and low tide in different places. So it's really an astronomical profile of this, the year. And from that, of course, you get the seasons, and therefore you get the growing periods. You get the weather out of the sky, and so that's why weather has always been an important factor. You get food information, you know, recipes and like that from the very first recipe in the book was how to a new and improved way for making butter. Because even then, people liked new and improved, time-saving, money-saving, whatever the case may be. So the categories re- really flow from the, the idea that this is a calendar, and that whether it's anniversaries or trends or, you know, a variety of other things. Husbandry, we have a story in the 2023 edition on when to hatch eggs for the most propitious days. It's a little bit reality, a little bit astrology, a little bit astronomy, so. And the fact that this has lasted this long, if I have a question on the longevity of the publication, is how does it stay or in, in this day and age? What's the secret to its relevance or that it's it's longevity? I mean, everything's so fickle now, I just run and do whatever. How, do, how have you done it? Well, we don't discount good luck. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> So there's always that. But also, it is that that little formula of useful with a pleasant degree of humor. It's um, it's pocketbook size, practically. People can keep it in hand. It's palm size. It's, you know, basic paper newsprint for the most part. It's just a reliable change from the headline news. It's It's not a dedicated manual textbook. It's really just relevant information, as, whether it's the trivia in the calendar pages or the anecdotes and pleasantries in the back, or it's maybe a quote that you find buried in a story. We're always planting period quotes from 50 or 150 years ago, things like that, the kind of complimented story. It makes people smile. It's a distraction from what's going on in the day-to-day, but at the same time, it's a real gift for folks who, for example, like to look up in the sky, constantly reference the astronomy, because, for example, we're just coming off 
the Perseids media shower period this month. And we've had queries from people already. When are the next media showers? You know, so you get that eclipse information, full moons. It's fascinating to people to get that kind of information. Recipes they're always looking for. Trends are colorful. Growing information. Because so many more people are growing now. In fact, there was a um, a fact in the trends section of the 2023 edition. Something like 54% of young people would rather go to a garden store that is a supply store than to a nightclub these days. So there's a relevance in terms of not just what we do, but the period of time in which we land, if you will. So in 231 years, there have been a kind of, a few slow periods way before my time. I started in 2000. <laughs> this was several decades before I wasn't responsible for that. I've been very fortunate. Sure, sure. But, um, you know, for one reason or another, I think in one or two issues, the publisher an editor neglected to put in the weather forecast that was a killer yeah that would that would be and, a problem which makes me think of course, the weather is always a point of fascination for folks no matter how many resources you have online on the web on television and radio people always want to kind of see and print what's the long range what's going to happen not just next week and next month but next season what can i expect how much is am i going to have to pay for fuel how much will i buy you know that kind of when's the best time to plan a vacation a family re- reunion or other outdoor event I mean, there are so many things people look to us about the weather and we don't always get it right. We can get into this, but we are traditionally 80 percent accurate, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. That was my next question for you, actually, was the weather. I mean, everybody I have spoken to uh, about this, about doing this interview today, everybody said, ask about the weather. They're, they've got a great track record on the weather, better than the news. That's for sure. How how and what is there? A, is there insights to this? Well, I don't make the forecast. I only copy edit them. It's been done by professional experts, long range experts, physicists and other scientists for for decades. But they're done outside by long range meteorologists, experts in their field. So they use three scientific disciplines that we have actually for, for now a couple hundred years, which is solar science, studying the activity on the sun, in particular the sunspots, which are magnetic storms on the surface of the sun. And they influence how much light and heat and energy actually may radiate back to Earth over a period of time. These things don't happen overnight. Climatology, which is the study of the sunspots over long periods of time, say decades and even centuries back, to see how cyclical things are and what occurs in certain settings or or timings of sunspots. And meteorology, which is the study of the atmosphere and also the ocean temperatures, the land temperatures, the jet stream, the El Nino, the La Nina, different things like that that we've started to become household terms these days. So those are the three disciplines, if you will, the legs of the stool. But we also, of course, look these days at the amount of carbon dioxide in the greenhouse gases. And of course, that measure is taken in Hawaii. But we're aware of that and try to then base our forecast on all of those criteria, looking to see what's going to be going on trend-wise across the country in Canada for the next uh, 13 to 15 months. Well, it's a trusted source. And I mean, if this this many people are like, you know, 80 percent accurate, to be able to look out that far, and it does look out far and go, you know what, I can trust this. That is quite a track record. Trust is is our stock in trade. I mean, that is what people come to us for, whether it's the best days to do something, wean a baby or an animal, cut your hair, quit smoking, make sauerkraut, 
whether it's the best fishing days, whether it's, like I mentioned, the eclipses of the bright stars, whether it's the weather forecast, it's the trust that people put in us. They are sometimes disappointed maybe by the weather forecast, maybe by having cut their hair, maybe by having missed the meteor showers. We can't guarantee, of course, what the weather conditions are going to be. But they look to us because, and they point out occasional errors. I dare say we do occasionally, for example, publish the wrong date in a calendar piece of trivia. Once or twice, we've had the wrong plant photo on the page and people have told us, but they're very kind. They let us down easy. It's a very gentle slap on the hand. <laughs> well, I can see how if you're trying to trying to correct the almanac, be the one that writes in and goes, you know what? I got you on this one. Could be a pretty cool thing, actually. <laughs> it is. And, you know, of course, people want to know if they're the first ones to point that out. So I, a sure. few of you listeners out there may spend a lot of time reading cover to cover looking for a flaw. And I welcome any of things you folks think you find. My mom, you, you were mentioning the moon and the meteor showers. My mom and my grandmother both, for no other reason than they just love to go out and watch. Man, they don't miss a single full moon eclipse. Both of them were amazing at it and just get all excited every time there's a new My mom will still call me. Hey, you know what's going to happen tonight? I better get out there and look because she's all fired up about it. My grandma was the same way. It is phenomenal. And, you know, God bless them. There are so many people like them. It is the biggest thing in the sky. Let's face it, it is a fascination. But they're also the planets that you can see in various stars and um, conjunctions where planets and stars line up. We point those out from, you know, every month. But it's just, it's fascinating. And, uh, you know, it's it's a free show for everybody. And it's just an easy thing to do. You're listening to Open Field Radio. We keep our boots muddy and our ears tuned to the thorny challenges of agriculture. That just sounds cool, doesn't it? Because it's the truth. The Gowan Group is a global, family-owned agriculture solution business headquartered in Yuma, Arizona. Gowan specializes in developing, marketing, and processing agricultural inputs such as crop protection products, seeds, and fertilizers. Gowan has grown markets in the majority of the agricultural regions globally. A deep respect for science and a passion for agriculture drives Gowan Company to help growers solve their critical pest and plant health issues. Let's say it together. Gowan Company. Connecting with the best audience in ag podcasts. One episode at a time, one listener at a time. Open Field Radio. You know, staying accessible and connected is key to running a cool show like Open Field Radio. And sincerely, listeners are important. That means you. And because of that and the growth of the show around the world, you can now reach us on WhatsApp. And it's super simple. The easiest way, openfieldradio.com. At the very bottom, right there in the Contact Us section, there's a button that says WhatsApp. What do you know? Click that, shoot us a message. You know what? There's somebody at the other end of that that will gladly connect with you. We love to keep in touch because without you, we're just talking to ourselves. Stay connected because that's what friends do at Open Field Radio. Quick shout out to some folks we know are listening to Open Field Radio. Big hello to Seattle, Washington, Bay Springs, Mississippi, Westlaco, Texas, Jacksonville, Arkansas, Matthews, North Carolina, New Plymouth, New Zealand, and Istanbul, Turkey. Thanks for listening. This is Larry Jamison from Maple Grove, Minnesota, and I'm driving across the great state of Iowa and listening to Open Field Radio. From the Gowan Global Studio deep inside the Lee Hotel, this is Open Field Radio. I have a great memory, and I think everybody probably has a memory of the Almanac somehow. It's trickled through everybody's life. But I thought back and I thought, where was the first time I ever saw one? And it happened to be my uncle was a farmer in southeast Minnesota. And we'd go visit in the summertime. And I can remember, I think the first time I saw the Almanac, 
It was on the table next to his chair in the living room, and it was the almanac and the TV guide stacked together. There you go. God bless him, huh? Yeah. And it was probably a much smaller publication then because there was a period where the format was much smaller. It really did fit in your pocket. And it was kind of a bit more disorganized, if I may put it that way, kind of quirky facts and fun things scattered throughout the book as opposed to a more traditional layout that we do now, different production qualities. You know, it's really the same publication, goes back to the same thing, useful with a pleasant degree of humor. So whether he was looking in there for, for example, the moon phases to plant above or below ground, so important to some people. And, you know, for centuries, the tradition, they believe that the conditions in the soil, the moisture will benefit the seed when you plant it or the um, the full seedling when you put it down, whether it's above or below the phase of the moon. You know, just so many things make a difference to folks, especially farmers and gardeners. The publication itself covers uh, a broad swath of just everyday life things. I mean, that you mentioned recipes, but there's the, you know, the moon and the stars. We've seen that. There's gardening. Honestly, it's like talking to my mom. Well, again, the content areas really do flow from a calendar concept, which is like you say, the astronomy, the calendar, the uh, farming and gardening, the weather. And then if you're going to grow your own food, we provide recipes. And, you know, for example, we have a recipe contest as well. Nature, <laughs> because then the book is really all about the natural world, you know, whether we're doing the weather proverbs and sometimes we'll share those people love the weather proverbs we don't subscribe to them when we make our forecast but we look to see if indeed it's true for example the whether it's the acorns or fog around the moon or you know leaves turn up in a breeze is the rain coming that kind of thing but also husbandry taking care of animals we have occasional stories on anything from pigs to this year it's again how to set eggs folklore folklore is a huge part of the almanac there's a little bit of folklore involved in setting eggs but also we had a story in the 22 edition, 2022, about um, teeth from cradle to grave, you know, your wisdom teeth and your baby teeth and what it meant and the symbolism of it all. Uh, mistletoe is in the upcoming issue in 23, which is, uh, you know, the, the myth and mystery of mistletoe, also known as the dung branch, because that's the literal name of it. You know, the, the tradition of kissing under the dung, dung branch. Romance occasionally enters the publication. We can't fit everything in every issue, but kind of makes the world go round, you know, stories on how to find a mate often, that kind of thing. Home remedies are very popular with folks, have been for centuries because a lot of people just want a pantry potion, as we call them. So we've got a story on hay fever. It's not actually caused by goldenrod. It's caused by ragweed and a few other things. So there's a whole story on the history of hay fever. Sports stories, we've got a story on hockey this year. Pets are often profiled in a genealogy because here we are, a book that's been around for generations. Why not help people sort out their own generations and their own family tree? And that's a giant thing right now. Genealogy is huge right now. Oh, it is huge. Exactly. Yeah. So we've got a story on how to, what to keep and what to throw away. It's a little bit like uh, Maria Kondo's kind of love it and leave it or something. But uh, so we introduce farmer profiles. Now, we've often had farmer statistics and farming statistics and just, you know, the status of the number of farmers and what people are growing these days over the course of time. But we thought, let's introduce real farmers to our readers. And of course, we have a significant readership in Canada. We distribute about a half a million copies up there as well. So we have, in every edition, we have half a dozen or so profiles of U.S. and Canadian farmers. Diverse ethnic backgrounds, diverse growing interests, you know, from livestock to flowers, wineries, every category you can think of, you know, neighborhood gardens, educational gardens. I mean, it's really been kind of fun. We have uh, two writers who've been contributing this from the first and they find folks around the country. And uh, it's really been a highlight for a lot of people. 
In fact, the one-page profiles of these farmers, we've got a woman who actually farms kelp up off the coast of Maine. So it really runs the gamut. And each story, they run together as a section, six or eight pages contiguous. And it says continued. And so many people have written a call and said, but the story doesn't continue. It's only one page. We want to know more about these farmers. So people love reading about the farm life and what people are doing out there. So I promise you I'd stay out of the way for the most part here, but let's take a look at this for just a minute. An almanac. Now, Janice talked about it just a little bit, but really the definition, let's go to Encyclopedia Britannica and see what they have to say about all this. An almanac is a book or table containing a calendar of days, weeks, months of the year, a record of various astronomical phenomenons, often with climate information and seasonal suggestions for farmers and miscellaneous other data. Pretty much spot on. And Janice mentioned that astronomical data is a big part of the almanac. And there's been quite a few published almanacs throughout American history. There was a Boston almanac. The United States almanac has no end date on it. It started in 1776, and according to this, it's says, still going on. The Farmer's Almanac started in 1792. That would be this Farmer's Almanac, but it didn't become the old Farmer's Almanac until 1836. Pretty cool. Longworth's American Almanac, Georgia and South Carolina Almanac. The list goes on and on. The Citizen and Farmer's Almanac. That one sounds pretty mighty. New England had their own Farmer's Almanac, and then Maine had to get in and do their own Farmer's Almanac. You see where this is going? The list goes on and on, all of them with end dates, with the exception of the Old Farmer's Almanac. The, the, the publication comes out annually in September. Why September? Well, traditionally it has come out in September just because it's the end of one growing season and the beginning of the next. So, of course, the calendar doesn't it does run from January to December, but still folks start to plan for the next year. So we want to get them ready for it, too. And they want to they need the advice in the in the farmer's calendar essay, for example, on preparing their tools and you know, putting things away, cleaning things up. That was centuries ago. These days, it's more of a reflection in those essays. But it's really based on the growing cycle. And indeed, for several years now, we've had this the uh, publication in stores ready for sale in the mid to late August. So in many places, if it's not there yet, it will be there very soon. Traditionally, for a long time, it was the second Tuesday in September. Just, you know, pick a day. That's what it was for quite a few years. But it's a late fall release or, you know, late summer release for early fall, just because people start to think again about the end of one season. What do I need to do for the next one? I love that through centuries now of it basically being done, that it still holds true to the agriculture roots of the whole thing. It's released in September because of the growing season. It talks about so many things in the publication, but the core of it is agriculture. Well, you know, as much as we might talk about today and hear about more and more people growing their own food or interested in growing food, whether it's indoors or outdoors, whether it's hydroponics or in soil, people have been doing this forever. People have been growing their own food. So the enthusiasm may change in terms of is it going to be potatoes? Is it going to be root crops? Is it going to be greens? Is it going to be indoors? Is it going to be herbs? You know, is it going to be fruit? Is it going to be whatever grains? There's new enthusiasm for growing your own grains for flowers and things like and F-L-O-U-R-S, by the way, flowers. So, you know, the, the trends shift, but people have been growing food and keeping animals, small farm, big farm whatever, for forever. So, you know, this back to the land movement seems new to us, but there's always been people who've been going back to the land and people have been leaving the land. So it's always been a passion and enthusiasm for folks. And we just uh, try to be there and help them out. 
I think uh, what you said right there, going back to the land, things are cyclical. And I think the book, if you were to go back through it, you'd find things are cyclical. They just go, whether it's the weather, the economy, the whatever, the news, the whatever, things are cyclical and these things happen. And I'll bet the book shows exactly that. Exactly right. Yes. I mean, that's actually what the almanac's about is the cycles of things, the cycles of nature, the cycles of seasons, the cycles in whatever capacity. It really is just like you say, everything is cyclical, big scale and small scale. My grandfather read the almanac faithfully, but he was a weather guy, and he tracked the weather. He lived in Southern California, and he tracked the weather every day. And I don't know if it's my mother that has them. Somewhere there's a journal that he has, and all it is is the date and the weather on a line for years and years and years. But that was his thing. He would get up every day and look at the barometer and look at the hygrometer and look at the temperature. There it was. I mean, every day he loved it. That was his thing. He was not alone because we've had folks send us their journals, boxes of things, their records of having kept the weather. And it's it's fascinating. It, not really anything we can use, to be sure. <laughs> but uh, it's remarkable because, I mean, it's like so many other habits. When you, you know, you get up in the morning, you maybe stretch, you maybe take a walk. Other people sit and look at what's the weather going to be. And they, you know, try to see what the similarities are when the conditions are the same. You look, a lot of farmers, of course, do this. You'll keep a record just so you can see from year to year when the heat spell came through, when the rain came through, you know, what changed from one season to the next. And so what was the success in the ground? You guys need a museum. That's what you need. That would be pretty cool. If you were here in Dublin, I would walk you down the hall because there is a sort of museum down there. I'm sorry we can't share it with your listeners. but <laughs> Is it open to the public? No, I'm sorry it's not. <laughs> not not. Museum, closet, collection place, whatever it might be. And it, you'd find we have the black box, the famous black box where the secret to the weather forecast is supposedly held. But somewhere on the website, almanac.com, you might be able to find the the video of me opening the black box or trying to with every tool under the under the sun. And I I was not successful, but I'll tell you, it is it's a bit of a prop, but it's the black box nonetheless down the hall. I love it. You're in New Hampshire, correct? Correct. In fact, if you go to it, it, New Dublin, New Hampshire, if you go to the website almanac.com, you scroll down to the bottom where you find all the little information of like, for example, about and like that. Click on webcam. And what will come up is the image of our barn red buildings, and you'll see the church steeple behind us and maybe the town hall steeple across the street. You'll see the parking lot. You'll see us coming and going. It's a 24-7 live camera all the time. Um, just don't report anybody coming and going. Just <laughs> let it be. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of fun. It's a small town of about 1,500 people in the winter and five or 6,000 in the summer. But uh, it's just delightful. It's a perfect environment to be in, right in the shadow of Mount Monadnock. A lot of folks climb Mount Monadnock every year. Some of your listeners may be familiar with Mount Monadnock. Coast to coast and around the world. You're listening to Open Field Radio. If you haven't heard it, it's new to you, right? Gowan USA has a broad selection of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides to deliver customized solutions for your crops. Gowan provides the right programs to fit your unique needs, standing behind our products with expert service and support. And Gowan USA is family-owned and operated right here in the United States of America for over 55 years. That's a long time. Check it out for yourself at GowanCo.com. And now you know. I love to tell you about things that I like, and that's the only reason I want to tell you about them. And if you're like me, I take notes on post-it notes on anything. I'll write something down, but then what? I lose them, right? Well, here, if you're like me in that way, get yourself the Adobe Scan app. I love this thing. Get it on your phone. 
right on anything you want that's right get the app out it's adobe come on it's going to be quality snap a shot of your notes with the camera in the app bingo bango bongo you save it it's a pdf in your phone just as you wrote it from there you can share it or do whatever else you want to do with it but the one thing you won't do i promise you you won't lose it adobe scan in your favorite app store open field radio like share subscribe this is daniel carmichael bear flag robotics newark california Season 1, Episode 12. It's alive! And you're listening to Open Field Radio. Cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Open Field Radio. And now back to Open Field Radio with our guest from the Old Farmer's Almanac, Janice Stillman. Well, you have been the editor of the magazine for almost 25 years. Is that right? Almost 22. 22. There we go. Congratulations on the longevity of that. How did this come around for you? How did this come around for me? I got a phone call. No, I know what it was. Excuse me. You'll have to edit this one. So (laughs) I saw that I had just bought a house in Massachusetts and I saw the ad for the job and I applied for the job and I never heard anything. I thought, okay, well, that's the way things go. And then a short while after that, I got a call from a recruiter, a headhunter, as they call them, that I'd been in touch with years before and forgotten about. And she said, I have just the job for you. And it was this one. So I, somebody had told me years ago, always take the interview. So I did. I really knew nothing about the old farmer's almanac or any farmer's almanac. And um, I just found the people I spoke with and the nature of the material, the people were wonderful. The material was you know, just so much fun. And it was a great opportunity. It's a beloved publication. And to be able to serve the readership, and this really is our our target. This is what we work for here. But to be able to reach out to the folks and provide them the information that they want and need and and love, and they tell us that by the sales, it's just been a thrill. It's been extremely gratifying. You know, we've held to about uh, two and a half million copies distributed and sold per year, sometimes a few more. It's really been just a a fun ride. I mean, people love the idea of the publication that's useful with a pleasant degree of humor. They're always pleased and surprised by what they find in the covers. And it's been my my treat, really, to be a part of this publication. Best-selling annual publication out there, period. Best-selling annual, most beloved annuals, the almanac that people think of when they think farmer's almanac. They don't always say old because there are other farmer's almanacs, always have been. There's always competition out there. But ours is the one with the yellow cover and the big red digits in the middle. The Old Farmer's Almanac. It's a trademark name, of course. It is the oldest continuously published periodical in North America, never missed an issue. First one, the longest one out there. You know, it's it's an American icon, really. It really is. People see the newsstand, they see it on the shelf, or they see it, you know, in the shelving that we distribute specifically with the publication. And it always, it makes them smile. That's the first thing people say. What do you like about this? The cover makes, oh, like, what am I going to find in here today? Oh, let me check the weather. Oh, let me see what's in here. Let me see this. Let me see that. What's the trivia on my birthday? You know, whatever <laughs> the case, true. what's the weather on my birthday? That's so great. How many people does it take to put this thing together? Uh, we have six or eight people here in-house. We have, you know, numerous contributors on the outside. We have a few people in production and several people in sales. So I guess about uh, 15 to 20, they're about regular staff. That seems very few considering how much work has to go into making this thing go around. Well, you know, everyone, every almanac, every version, every edition, you know, we spend about a year putting it together between gathering the information and copy editing and, and laying it out like that. But it is not the only thing we do. I mean, some friends of mine have said, oh, aren't you lucky you do one magazine a year? 
Ain't so. We do six or eight calendars on the similar themes, weather and country and gardening. It's the most popular wall calendar ever. It's been out there for 45 years. It's a delightful full color edition. We do a planner, new treatment on a planner. We do a box everyday calendar. And I know I'm forgetting one and I shouldn't be, but it's the weather, the country, the gardening and oh, moon, the moon calendar. We introduced a few years ago. and Folks love the moon calendar. We do cookbooks. We did a vegetable gardener's handbook that has been a bestseller now in its fifth printing. We did a companion flower gardener's handbook. We're working on a container gardener's handbook. So there'll be a full set for folks out there. And, uh, you know, we do an e-newsletter. We do the website. I mean, it's just it's a it's a machine, really. There's a lot of work that passes through here. Of course, they say print is dead, right? Far from it, where the almanac is concerned. God bless them. No, I mean it, it's uh, the industry is undergoing some changes, no question about it. But uh, folks still prefer the print. Our sales of our e edition have climbed year after year, and of course, the activity on the web is huge. So there is an enthusiasm for those, and we respect that, and we try to provide those various versions of the publications. Um, but the print so far is still, again, a two and a half million distribution in the U.S. and Canada is really the, uh, the, the one that moves. Well, I think there are some things that are just better the way they are and nothing, nothing against progress, nothing against, you know, any of that. But something like the Almanac, it's just better in your hand. It just is. Well, you can make notations on the page, on the printed page. You don't want to write on the screen of your device in most cases. <laughs> Good point. So, Good point. So there's a benefit to that, too. Two questions. What is your favorite story from the publication? Oh and what is the strangest story from the publication? Wow. That's a good question. I, You know, I'm one of those people, I, you're going to find this kind of boring, but my favorite story is almost always the next one. So I'm always surprised. We had a person who's an expert in spiders do a story on spiders and making silk and what's... And, I didn't know so much. I didn't know anything about spiders. The story comes in and I'm just kind of ooh-ahhing through the whole thing. That's in the 2023 edition. We had a story on ghost pets several years ago. There you go. Kind of remarkable. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of fun. Sure. The folklore I'm always fascinated by. There was a story on um, bees and and uh, telling the bees. It's a tradition. For example, telling the bees when the beekeeper has passed, has died. Or telling the sharing a, a piece of wedding cake with the bees when there's a special event like that, and a whole lot of other folklore about bees that I found quite fascinating. I mean, to me, I don't know so much as I think I know a good concept when it rolls across my desk or across my in front of my eyes, just to see what's really there. So um, I bring the same curiosity. I think I hope that a lot of the readers do when they flip the pages and say, "Oh, uh, I didn't know that," or "You know, isn't that something?" I think for my purposes, that has made me successful in this role. I, I'm just as happy that I don't know everything. And the same thing could be said about gardening. I'm constant, constantly learning about gardening techniques, what works and what doesn't. I garden. I have two community gardens. I have a few potted plants in the house. We won't talk about those. But, um, you know, so I'm constantly learning myself and I'm fascinated by the various topics and areas of interest that, uh, you know, just like the readers. How fun. How fun. Well, I've started a thing that I'm I'm offering it to every guest that comes on right now. Our listener base is, um, there's a lot of farm folks that listen to Open Field Radio, and I think they are in a need of encouragement. You got any thoughts for the American and the North American farmer in general? Just maybe some encouragement for them? Well, you know, today as we speak in the world, the weather is extremely troublesome in many parts of the country, whether it's extreme rain or it's extreme heat. 
extreme drought, even here in New England, we're experiencing that. And, um, you know, I think it's giving it's giving a lot of us pause. And, uh, you know, we all need to remember that we're all in this together and we have to make it work somehow, whether we're growing food or keeping animals or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, farming, we can't we can't live without, you know, we all have to eat. And um, we love our farmers. We love the folks who produce our food and grow the animals. Personally, I would just like to thank all of the farmers and growers out there for everything that they do. And just keep on keeping on that um, things will have to change in whatever way, but we'll all, we'll all move forward and adapt. You've been listening to Open Field Radio from Gowan Company. Like, share, subscribe, review. Everywhere podcasts are found. The views and opinions expressed by the guests of Open Field Radio are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of the program. All rights reserved. No duplication or redistribution without permission. 